shorty black is bold black is black true but black is gold what's good everybody it's your boy leak here for sports league podcast and i'm here with a special guest so um someone i just found out was my cousin <laughs> tiffany murchison hello thank you and welcome to the sports league podcast welcome good morning good morning thank you for having me so tiffany can you um speak about your um company that you have in your in your profile so, um, I'm the founder and lead PR strategist of TJM & Co Media Boutique. Our niche market are nonprofit organizations and small businesses, some politicians, but we're looking to move heavily into sports, primarily pre-professional sports, so college and high school athletes. Good, good, good. And we're based in Brooklyn. Oh, nice. Oh, cool, cool. Um, so, I know that you designed a reputation management workshop for high school pre-pro pre athletes. So what does that entail? So the workshop is called Going All the Way Up and it's a two-day training. The first day speaks about the um, brand identity. So it's titled The I in Brand Identity. And it teaches athletes how what they do can impact what they're going to do or who they're going to be later on in life. So basically just using examples from pop culture to show them how somebody might have been on top of the world one day and at the bottom of the totem pole on the next, teaching um, athletes about how, what they post, how they behave in public, who's watching, all that stuff, how that impacts them on a personal level. Um, and the image that they want to build and who they want to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And then the second day is the me in social media, teaching them um, how to take control of their own narrative. So what they post, who they follow, who follows them, the conversations they engage in, really teaching them about the algorithms and the fact that things never are really deleted, how they can come back to haunt you, and then also a little bit about speaking with the press. Up until recently, college athletes were not allowed to have agents and publicists and all that kind of stuff, and no one was really teaching them how to engage with press so that they end up in the best light. And so the workshop focuses on that. The first day is on really building their character and their reputation, and then the second day focuses on managing it. That's important, really important, especially now with social media, with, um, with a lot of uh, high schoolers having thousands of followers, people really watching everything you do, and then you have all these athletes now having um, big mixtapes and highlights of their plays and being not re just shared on their profile, they being reshared on other right. major um, profiles. So how do you um, manage, how do you teach them to manage to hold their image in a proper light when it's constantly being flipped around and things we so one of the things that we do is we give them a worksheet and we ask them to, and this is an engaging workshop, so day one they come, they and we want to feed them, so it includes breakfast and lunch, because if they're hungry they're not going to pay me any attention. Yeah, especially um, when you're a teenager, you're definitely yeah, Absolutely. I have teenagers, they eat us out of house and home, so we know. Um, so, you know, so that they'll have breakfast and lunch and be able to focus. When they go home from the second day, they have homework that they need to bring in with them the following day. And what it does is it says, okay, well, who are you? Tell me what type of person you are. And they will write down, you know, this is who I am. I'm kind, I'm generous, I'm whatever. And then where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, and 30 years? Or well, who do you want to be? And that encompasses how they want to be set up financially, if they want to be married, do they want to have a family, you know, thinking about after their athletic career what happens, right? Because 
you know, we only we know only a small percentage of high school athletes, college athletes make it to the pros, right? So as you advance, that percentage dwindles down, and I think it ends up being like one yeah. percent of athletes that actually make it to the pros. And so, who you are now, what do you want to be doing thirty years from now? What if you don't make it to the NBA or the NFL or the NHL? Who do you want to be? Then I tell them, all right, now that you've done that, open your social media. Look at your social media and look at your list of characteristics and who you are and who you want to be and do the two match up. What does your social media say you are? Who does your social media say you are? And here are some tips to let you know that your social media is going left, right? right. If you are embarrassed by it, if you don't want your parents following you, <laughs> if you don't want your teachers following you, the folks that you respect, right. if you're like, nah, y'all can't follow me, <laughs> then that's kind of a you know, telltale sign that something's arrived. Are you arguing with people on social media? That's true. You know, all of those things. And then I say to them, okay, so if your social media is contradictory to who you say you are and who you want to be, then what do you need to do immediately to change it? Mm -hmm. And that's an actual exercise for them to do, for them to write it out, for them to, you know, really give it some thought and then work around how to start changing that image. Because we know stuff comes back to haunt you. That's very true. Right? But the difference is, is that, especially in our communities with people of color, mm -hmm. the bite is a lot harder than it is for people that aren't people of color. That's right. right? I've seen, you know, stuff, people do stuff at 17, 18, come back when they're 24, and we kind of give them a pass. But when it's a person of color, that bite is hard. The, and so they need to understand that. Yeah, there was a, um, a, a player from Ole Miss he lost a lot of money in the draft because he, his draft stock fell so much from posting a... It wasn't him that posted, it was someone that he knew posted a... Um, Laramie Tunsil. Yes, exactly. During he, the draft. Yes, he posted a... It was a picture, a video posted of him smoking. Uh-huh. With and, a mask on and a yeah, bomb. And mm -hmm. it just fell all the way down, lost a lot of millions of dollars, potentially. So He was um, predicted to be in the first five. Right. Right? Probably number one, but right. at least in the first five. Right. At the end of the day, he fell to 13. Mm -hmm. That equated to something like two to three million dollars in endorsements. Mm -hmm. Even if you look at Tiger Woods, you know, Tiger Woods was <laughs> a great golf player. Right. Sex scandal came, Tiger Woods was a black golf player, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he lost um, AT&T. He lost something like $900 million in endorsements. And he Absolutely. was like one of the first black billionaire athletes. Right. And he fell, you know, his worth fell tremendously because of the reputation crisis around his sex scandal. And then he had a DUI after that. And mm -hmm. so our kids don't understand that. And social media has everybody thinking that they can just have their lives be an open book. But you have to understand that one, you need to manage who you are, and then you don't always need to bring your whole self everywhere you go. That's very true. And so that's what we want them to learn. That's very true. And speaking on Tiger Woods, it's funny how not only did his, his pocket suffer, his game also suffered too from the reputation. Absolutely. Taking that big hit from the scandal. Absolutely. you got to think about it. You have enough stresses on you already, the stress to win. But when you're on that court, on the golf course, on the baseball field, and you're wondering, you know, mentally, who's really cheering for you, who's out there snickering and sneering at you, that's a lot of pressure. It's totally a lot of pressure. It's a lot easier when you're well-liked. I mean, come on, you, you, you know. Mm -hmm. 
I can remember back in high school, you know, you did better in school if you were in the popular group because, right. you know, you kind of had no cares. Now it's, they're worried about likes and FaceTime and this and that and all mm -hmm. this other stuff. Retweets you can barely like concentrate, right? right. So, right. absolutely. That's why I think Instagram now just um, decided to take away showing the actual numbers of likes that you have and then just say one person and others or one person and thousands of others. So right. it just, sometimes it takes away, um, it creates a little bit of anxiety in people and it creates, yeah. Well, you can still see your mm -hmm. numbers. Right. Other people can't see your numbers. So they can't compare with so you. So they right? can't compare. Mm -hmm. That's a double-edged sword for folks who have built their brand as mm -hmm. being social media influencers because now it's kind of difficult for me to prove to you that I have a million followers and I get so many likes. Um, when you look at likes versus followers, you could always easily tell if you have 30,000 followers and you have like 20 likes, then you know those followers were bought. Right. You know, so that is going to be a little bit of ambiguity for brands who are looking for influencers and ambassadors, but we'll see what happens. Right, right. So, now we're talking about brands now. Um, a lot, like I said, a lot of um, elite at high school athletes are becoming brands. They have these big followings, they have big publications following them, big publications retweeting their videos, big publications posting their videos and tagging them in. So how do you get a, a star athlete buying into their brand and managing their brand? So I think it, that's one of the reasons why we're talking to high school athletes and even some junior high school athletes. If you can see that there's a potential there, and I think just for children in general, we need to start teaching them about managing their reputation early, right? Because again, that stuff comes back to bite them on the butt. But workshops like ours and, you know, classes and having mentors and coaches, you know, pour into them about the importance and using these real life examples, the folks that they know, the folks that they look up to, using these real life examples to show how left something could go or how fabulous it could be mm -hmm. if you manage it well. It doesn't always have to be the negative, but you need to give kids nowadays someone or something to emulate. I'm a basketball mom. I became a basketball mom a few years ago. And my stepson, you know, plays at a D2 school. He's on a full scholarship. And he's a pretty even-keeled kid. But I hear him talk about some of the things his friends have gotten into. I've watched my nephews and a few others. And that's what really made me say, you know what, our kids need something. There's something missing. You know, what happens is <clears throat> nobody ever tells them no because they're the star athlete. Right. So they get their way. Parents aren't telling them no most of the time. Girls aren't telling them no. Um, coaches are, you know, wooing them and, and, and courting them, although they shouldn't be, but they are. <laughs> Keep it 100. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really easy, especially for those who don't have a strong family foundation. And that's not a knock on the parents. Sometimes we just don't have the time. You know, we're working. If we're a single parent, we may be working one or two jobs. We're like, oh my God, he's at basketball. At least I know he's safe. But then there's a whole nother element that comes in there. And if you as a parent don't know, you know, my son is lucky. He has two parents, you know, well, he has a whole village of people actually Good. that it's are always village. pouring into him. But even, I can remember us being in Supreme and him wanting to buy a shirt that was totally inappropriate. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely not. You will not walk around with that shirt on, you know. Right. And he's looking at me, you know, and then dad comes over like, yeah, nah, like, you don't need to, that's not who you are. You don't mm -hmm. need to. And I'm like, 
you know, somebody will think totally different of you because of that one shirt. You want it because it's supreme and you could sell it later and all. I get it, but pick another one. Right. Like, no, you're not wearing that. And there are not enough parents that have that understanding because we didn't grow up in this age. I didn't, there was, nobody knew. If I, my parents had to believe I was where I was unless they came looking for me, right? Because right. there was no location finder. There was no social media. Um, no cell phones to call you where to see where you're right. at. Exactly. I, I was teasing somebody and I said I had a, a smart beep beeper <laughs> that was like one ninety nine a month. You paid the whole year at one time, and my mm-hmm. mother beeps me. You went to the payphone and you called back, right? right? And that was it. You had codes for different stuff, mm-hmm. but that was as much, you know, closeness as you got. Mm-hmm. There was no looking for me, finding me. There wasn't somebody with a video camera recording my every move, you know. So we had it a little bit easier. If you act to the fool, most of the time your foolishness stayed there where it was. Right. You could bury that. Right. They don't have that luxury today. No. At all. Because now you have the live feed, so you can show yourself acting a fool. Like, oh, I'm in the park, you know, acting a fool, you know, throwing eggs or you know, being crazy. I don't know. Whatever these kids do nowadays, I don't But now you have this, even stories, too, where you just, like, post, like, oh, I was in, you know, while now on the train or something, whatever, right? And now you just post it, and now you have... 20,000 people watching it, right. and then they can repost it and everything like that. So it's definitely. And you have no control over the narrative. Right, right. You have no control. I remember being on the train one day, and I, I really didn't feel good. And I sat down, I like kind of squeezed in between. It was a person that had bags and stuff she didn't want to move over, and I was just didn't feel good. And I kind of squeezed in between the seat, and I mm-hmm. sat on the edge. Mm-hmm. And within like maybe two hours, one of my neighbors was like, Was this you? One of her friends was on the train, took my picture, what? talked about how I squeezed into the seat, posted it, somebody saw it, you know. And this was maybe, wow, I haven't been on the train going to work in a long time, so this mm-hmm. was maybe like six, seven years ago. But mm-hmm. still, news travels fast. Nobody said, oh, she really wasn't feeling well, she needed to just sit down, nobody would give her a seat. Like, they didn't hear that narrative. The narrative was, this girl was so rude, she just squeezed herself <laughs> into a seat. You know, so you don't have any control over that. And you have to be very mindful when you allow somebody the opportunity to tell your story for you. And that's what social media does. That's very true. And like you said, you had no control over that post, too. You, someone else that you've been re- recognized was on the train there with you took that picture. Mm-hmm. Somebody I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just so happened to know a neighbor of mine. Right. But somebody I had never seen before, didn't even know. You know, I saw her, I noticed her, wasn't, after the fact, I was like, oh, I did see that girl standing there. That's what she was doing. But I wasn't paying attention. I didn't feel good. I wanted to sit down. So, right. But again, you know, the narrative was different once it got out there. Mm-hmm. No, thank God it was just me stealing a train seat. <laughs> <laughs> so now that these athletes, these, these young athletes are becoming celebrities themselves with these thousands of um, followers and taking pictures and videos, so how do you... When the narrative goes left, how do you go about correcting that narrative? First and foremost, rule number one is never lie. Okay. Um, that's a big thing. Never lie. And the second thing is take accountability. Right. Right? So tell the truth. Take accountability. I'm not telling anybody to send themselves to jail, but um, tell the truth. You know, don't definitely don't lie. Take accountability. Um, if an apology is necessary, then an apology. But then there needs to be some action behind it to show that you are not just sorry you got caught, but sorry for the behavior. Because there's a difference. 
right? Some folks are just sorry they got caught. They don't understand why they shouldn't have done it. So there needs to be some sort of accountability and understanding. And then some action to make amends or undo or whatever it is. And, you know, if it's, you know, kids wilding out on the train, right, or maybe graffiti or whatever, then mm -hmm. you need to go clean that graffiti up. That's the action that you're taking to make sure that you are, you know, it's like, you know, reparations, so yeah. to speak, for what you've done. Mm -hmm. But there definitely needs to be honesty, accountability, apology, and action for sure. Okay. okay. So, um, say there's a, say you have a client who's like a rebel, like who just does not care and is totally fine with being a rebel. Do you try to polish their their image? They're or? not my client. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a mama, and mm -hmm. I'm a mama first. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the youth, I really do take the time to try to get through to them. The other thing is the folks around them need to understand the same concepts. So the coaches, the athletic directors, the parents need to also understand what is at stake. And the, the, the athlete needs to understand, listen, you're in jeopardy of losing this. You may not have it now, but you'll never have it if you keep going the way that you're going. If I find that, you know, and, and prayerfully I can get through to them, honestly, if I find that there just really is no turn, because some people are just hell-bent on being their own worst enemy, then I have to decide whether or not I should step out of the situation, right? Um, I can't do anything that's detrimental to my own well-being and, you know, can't be stressed out and, you know, have kids at home and everything. But I've not really run across, especially in youth, the uh, the rebel that I can't get through to. Okay. Um, I've had some, I've worked with some youth that have really given a problem to other adults in their lives. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I don't seem to have that same challenge. Um, I seem to be able to get through to them a little bit more, or at least while they're in my presence um, for the most part. And it just may be approach. Um, it may be background. You know, I've, I haven't always been the straight and narrow. You know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And I'm very transparent with you today about some of my own struggles, e girls included. You know, and I'm like, hey, listen, look, I went through this, I did this, these were stupid decisions. You know, I learned from them, and this is who I am now, and I'm successful, and you can be too, but you have to make the decision. Once you show them that it's really about them and not about the people around them, and that's part of the challenge. Our kids, especially our athletes, get used as pawns a lot of times. Grown folks are more worried about the benefit to themselves as, as opposed to the benefit of the kids, right? And so now, and I'm concerned about that with this NCAA ruling. I'm for it, but I'm leery um, because there are vultures out there. That's very true. But once... And I think this is with any human being. Once you see that somebody has your best interest truly at heart, then you're ready to start looking at yourself differently as well. And I think that's really what happens. But if I get somebody that's like totally crazy, then they're not my assignment. If I can't get through you in a certain amount of time, then I'm not the one for you. Okay. So um, you mentioned briefly about the uh, NCAA ruling. Can you expound on um, how do you feel about NCAA AA athletes finally being able to redeem um, the benefits from their likeness, their images, and their name? I think it's a long time coming, but I also think that the timing is not right. Right. The NCAA says they are going to put this into place by 2021. 
well, then I think we need a whole lot of training, mm -hmm. a whole lot of character building, a whole lot of reputation management, a whole lot of media training between now and then. For the kids that are, you know, like I said, on a scholarship or, you know, they're playing sports, they're usually pretty good. But you have some athletes that are in college playing on a team. They can't even go to McDonald's on a Saturday. They're true. struggling to pay for school. Even sometimes with scholarships, they have just enough to keep them in the school, but there's nothing else for their outside, you know, activities or just life. Like they can't buy toiletries, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to think about it. Scholarships don't provide every single thing, right? We still send stuff down to our son, you know, whether it's he needs a haircut or just spending right. money or whatever. Right. So when I think about that, there are kids who without that program may not eat three meals a day, right? They need to be getting paid if the school, the, the, the universities, the colleges and universities are making millions sometimes Hands of dollars the fist, right. off these kids. Right. And the kids can't, they're not getting anything extra from it. You may be giving me $200,000 in a scholarship, but if I'm your star player, you're making two million off of me. That's right. Ticket sales, uh, swag, you name it, mm -hmm. right? The people aren't coming to see the school. They're coming to see the athlete that plays for the school. Right. So they should absolutely get some benefit from that. The part that worries me is that, again, when you put hands money in the hands of someone who is not mentally or emotionally ready to handle it, you've seen you know, athletes go to the pros, get these large contracts, their first check, they're balling out. Right. You know, and that leads to the partying, the drug abuse, you know, alcoholism, the girls, and it's, it just opens Pandora's box. Right. So while I do think that these children, or athletes, or young adults, I rather should say, mm -hmm. these young adults definitely do need to get paid for what they do, there needs to be some sort of parameter in place to make sure that they're being fiscally responsible with the funds that they get. Now, I've not seen anything about how much money it will be, right? Right. But I know I called my son last night and I said, "What do you think about it?" And he said, "Well, uh, I'm good, you know, <laughs> but some of my friends or maybe some of my teammates or whatever the case may be." So he did talk about that, the fact that you know he knows people that play for. Te you know, college teams, university teams, and they don't have money to get a haircut. They don't have money to buy certain things. And so he said, so I think it's good. If you look at, like, I think it's Lisa Leslie, they're still making money off her jerseys. Wow. And there's another one. Um, I can't think of her name right now. I remember Chris Webber, he mentioned, he was talking about, he was walking by the bookstore, and they had his jersey selling crazy amounts of money, right? But he's over there struggling, came and buy a burger to eat for dinner, you know. So it's right. just, it's just crazy. They're struggle. in video games. Mm -hmm. They're in, you know, how could you not then allow me to have some sort of, again, I'm not controlling the narrative. Right. You put me in a game. Right. But on top of that, I'm not getting the fruits of my own labor. Right. Because if I didn't play the way I played, if I didn't use my God-given talent, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be in that game. You wouldn't have your stadium filled. Right. So, no, definitely they should. What worries me is the management side of it and, and how much it's going to be. Should it be put up? Should some of it, you know, have to go into, like, a trust for them after college? Or There needs to be some sort of fiscal 
guideline around it because they're not ready. They're not ready to manage the money. Mm -hmm. I remember Ed O'Bannon from UCLA. Yes. He put the uh, case up against, Yes. Um, I think it was EA Sports because his name and likeness was used in the NCAA March Madness basketball game. Yeah, he actually sued the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Because it's the NCAA that gives the permission for EA Sports to use the likeness of whatever player. So yes, he did. He sued, and then somebody else sued him. That they didn't. He didn't include them in a lawsuit or something along those lines. Oh wow! Yeah, that's crazy. I'm trying to think of who it was. So they were actually on um, the shop. Right. With LeBron. Yeah, and the, the governor, governor signed mm -hmm. the bill right there right. on the show. Mm -hmm. And you have Rich Paul, you know, all these. And, and he brought it up. He was like, it introduces the college students to the business side of sports early on, which I totally agree with. And right. that's a good thing. Right. But again, where's the team in place now? And is that the coach's responsibility? The coach has, you know, Coaches have a lot of responsibility when it comes to their athletes, right? They're like a family, right. so they're taking care of them. They're trying to keep them away from the girls, trying mm -hmm. to keep them sober, trying to make sure their grades up. You know, mm -hmm. coaches are... So do you now give the coach another job to do, to now become their financial advisor or financial planner? You know, if this kid gets a $1,000 check, you know... Is the coach going to be like, let me see your bank statement? <laughs> Do they, you know, some of them don't even have bank accounts. They don't even know how to use a debit card or write a check or anything. So right. there definitely needs to be something in place before 2021 to make sure that they are um, fiscally literate, knowledgeable, and responsible. Perhaps that since coaches have assistant coaches in, like, football, you have um, OCs and DCs, offensive mm -hmm. and defensive coordinators. Maybe there should be, like, a a team appointed fiscal manager or something, money manager. Absolutely, something, something. something. Uh, you're gonna see them balling out. They're gonna go cash a check, 